Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome to Thursday, not Sam Thursday. We've made it to Thursday, folks. One more day left in the week, but plenty more wrestling. That's the thing about the time we live in. There's always more wrestling. There's always more content to consume, and that's exactly what we're here to do. Consume content. I also create content. I'm sure some of you out there create content as well. We create, we consume. We create, we consume. It's a great relationship that we have in this year of 2019. Wrapping it up, by the way. We'll have a couple year-end shows coming up at the end of the month. I just, uh, speaking of content, filmed something really cool for WWE that once it comes out, uh, I think you guys will be super into it. I don't know. I mean, hopefully it'll be good. I have a lot of faith that it'll be good, though. It's a very unique thing uh, that we just shot here in the Not Sam studio for it. So I'm excited for you guys to see that. Hopefully pretty soon, actually, is when it'll be coming. Um, and speaking of content, I also want to thank all of you guys that went out and subscribed to YouTube.com slash Not Sam Wrestling. Of course, uh, all the uh, podcasts go up there. Videos from the podcast, uh, clips from, uh, you know, my my takes on Thursday, Not Sam Thursday, as well as State of Wrestling, as well as all of the interviews that air on this podcast, videos go up at youtube.com slash notsamwrestling. It's a new YouTube channel. If you're already subscribed to youtube.com slash notsam, stay subscribed. Tons of content going there all the time. But all the wrestling content goes to youtube.com slash notsamwrestling. So if you're not already, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you watch all the videos that we post uh, over at youtube.com slash notsamwrestling. As 2020 rolls on, um... We here at Not Sam, we're putting forth a content initiative, so that'll be a big part of it. YouTube.com/slash Not Sam Wrestling. Uh, on last week here on Thursday, Not Sam Thursday, I was gonna say Monday, but it was actually last Thursday, Not Sam Thursday. The podcast was all about Keith Lee. I mean, it wasn't all about Keith Lee, but it was enough about Keith Lee that we titled it "The Rise of Keith Lee." And I have to tell you, based on what we saw this week on NXT. I got to give myself the old, can you hear that? Barry Horowitz, pat on the back again, because I was right. How amazing. I mean, Keith Lee had a great NXT last week when he, you know, memed Adam Cole into the Southern Hemisphere. But this week, I mean, just the idea, I'm watching with my wife and trying to kind of, because, you know, she she's in and out with wrestling. She doesn't watch the pay-per-views because I'm not home to watch the pay-per-views. And if I don't turn it on, she ain't turning it on. But I was like, when Keith Lee pointed it, it came out, I was like, look, look at Keith Lee. And she knows the Undisputed Era. She knows Adam Cole because, you know, she's been around uh, when I've interviewed him many, many times. And she's known Adam Cole for a long time. She went with me when I saw him at uh, PWG there in Reseda uh, all those years ago. But looking at Keith Lee coming out. And staring down, first staring down the Undisputed Era. And you just saw just the way it was shot and the way he was sized up next to Roddy Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, and Adam Cole. He looked like a giant. He looked like a mastodon. He looked enormous with the three of those guys looking on. And shout out to Roderick Strong for trying to hide his... United States um, North American Championship behind uh, 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 Bobby Fish's NXT Tag Team title that he was holding. Now, I don't know if you noticed that, but when Keith Lee is staring him down, Roddy Strong is covering his title with the second tag title that he's holding for Bobby Fish just because Keith Lee is sizing everybody up. Which title am I going to take? Well, hopefully if he doesn't see the North American Championship, he won't think to take it. (laughs) I I mean, I love that. What type of thinking is that? I love it. 
Um, you had that moment with him. And then you had the moment with Finn Balor. And that's the second Keith Lee meme. Keith Lee might be the most memeable talent in NXT right now. A week ago, he's sending Adam Cole into Timbuktu. No man's land. This week, he's coming up like the monster from the deep lagoon. Just hovering up over Finn Balor's shoulder. And you got Finn Balor, who's looked like nothing but a badass since he's returned to NXT. He's laid out Adam Cole. He's beaten Matt Riddle. He's taken Johnny Gargano out of commission altogether. What can stop Finn Balor? And then here's Keith Lee rising from the depths over Finn Balor. If you guys haven't seen that gif, go ahead and look it up because it was another great one. And it's another one that I'm going to have to add to my folder because I'm going to be able to send it to people for all occasions. Fantastic. Keith Lee is a superstar, and I stand by what I said. If anybody was made over Survivor Series weekend, it was Keith Lee, and you will mark my words, and you will watch the rise of this man. Going into 2020, he is going to be the superstar to watch. I think that right now, it's everything's timing. Right now, as we enter into 2020, Keith Lee is the guy to keep your eye on. Clearly, the WWE was very successful in their Survivor Series. So I believe that the whole point of Survivor Series was, number one, to facilitate a heel turn for, uh, Adam, uh, for Seth Rollins. Number two to make Roman Reigns look like a million bucks because that's kind of the point of every pay-per-view. And number three, to alert people to the best show that the WWE is putting out right now, which also happens to be the show with the least number of eyes on it. They did the very smart thing of taking the show with the least number of eyes on it and highlighting it, putting the most light on it throughout that weekend in front of you know as many eyes as they could. And it worked. I mean, you know, the ratings came out late for last week's uh, Wednesday night NXT versus AEW matchup. And the ratings were up for NXT and they slaughtered AEW last week. This week, we're basically even Stevens again. AEW made up everything they lost. And, and you know, uh, clearly I think that, you know, with AEW, it was, a, it was a fluke that their ratings were as low as they were last week and probably has a lot to do with Thanksgiving. But to me, the bigger point is... The fact that NXT, I believe, was very effective in two ways. Number one, they were effective with the Survivor Series in terms of getting eyes on the product. And number two, if you watch NXT now, and this was something that I was observing as I was watching the show this week, they are really starting to find a groove for what a live two-hour NXT television show looks like, feels like, and moves like. The pacing of the show, the feeling of the show. I absolutely loved this week's episode. I absolutely loved last week's episode. I think that NXT is really finding a groove as to what that show is going to look like. And, you know, I think the long term of NXT is going to be even better than people realize it. I think it's one of these shows that you now turn on and it's it's becoming undeniable very, very quickly. And that's what NXT needs to be, you know? NXT is making stars, but that's what they're doing. They're making stars. I mean, in terms of, think about it, you know, Raw and SmackDown have superstars that are big enough that if you go to Target, if you go to Walmart, if you go to wherever, you can find a toy of this person on the shelves. It's a big deal. You can find an AJ Styles. You can find a Roman Reigns. You can find a Seth Rollins. You can find a Braun Strowman. NXT has that in Finn Balor, but that's it. You know, yes, the other guys are getting action figures, but I'm not getting into the specifics of action figure collecting. There are other podcasts for that, I've heard. What I'm talking about is major, major stars. And for NXT, they're tasked with the... um, with the with the task of making them and they're doing it but what they need to become you know as big as they possibly can is just to be a show that's undeniable that if you turn that show on 
there's no point that you're going to sit there and be like, this is dumb, this is hokey, this is whatever. You're going to sit there and go, you know, I may not know the guys that are on TV right now or the ladies that are on TV right now, but this is a really good show. I think I'm going to keep watching. That's what NXT needs to be, and that's what it's really evolving into, more so than ever before, in my personal and humble opinion. They're also loading up the next two weeks leading into Christmas. Um, I think all the wrestling shows are going to be doing that. You know, everybody's talking about the 18th as the cutoff because, you know, Wednesday after the 18th is Christmas Day. So you got to believe that there's not going to be as many people watching wrestling on Christmas night. Although you never know. I mean, NXT, if I were NXT, I would put together a massive show for Christmas too. Just a great Christmas special because with Christmas, I mean, after all the toys have been opened, after dinner's been had and the ham has been cooked... What are you going to do? You sit around, you turn on NXT. So I think they should put on something great for Christmas, but it's just a weird time because the 25th and then the 1st, so New Year's Day, which again is a little wonky one. So I think everything is leading up to that week before Christmas. Um, and when you look at NXT, next week they have, I think, Angel Garza versus Leo Rush for the Cruiserweight title, which is going to be a barn burner. And then you've got a triple threat number one contender match between Ciampa, uh, Keith Lee, and uh, and Finn Balor. Um, I, with the winner going on to take on uh, Adam Cole on the 18th, you'll also see on the 18th Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship. So the show on the 18th is going to be uh, similar to what the show was when they premiered at two hours on the 4th of October, it's going to be close to uh, a takeover, in my opinion. It's going to be a, a, a just a, a, a bring-the-house-down show, the 18th. Um, and I think that that's great, you know, the better... And with NXT, they can afford to do that because realistically, they don't have a takeover Royal Rumble weekend. The 25th or the 24th, whatever that Saturday is, they're leading up to uh, War of the Worlds, I think is what it's called, um, where it's going to be NXT versus NXT UK. And I think Chris Hero is such a great representative to get that thing going. I love the idea of him being the greatest British wrestler in the world because it makes him a bad guy over in England, but it makes him a bad guy in the States for two separate reasons. In England, it's because it's stolen valor. He's not British. In America, it's because... We have loyalty to NXT here in the States, and he's representing the UK. So, you know, I think it works on all cylinders. Plus, we know—I'm sorry, not Chris Hero, Cassius Ono. We know him well enough that he can get us excited. You know, I think that there's a lot you can do with War of the Worlds. Where do where does Pete Dunne's loyalty lie? Rhea Ripley, you know? I know she's not British, but she was the UK NXT UK champion for a period of time, so— you know, where do those loyalties lie? It goes back to the Kevin Owens Raw question from Survivor Series. So I think that'll be a good show. Uh, and then the next takeover isn't until February. But all that's to say, they can do a TV show that's basically, you know, 75% of a takeover show. That's just a, a, a barn burner of a show. And not take anything away from future takeovers because of the way everything's paced. Um, in terms of that triple threat match, I really hope Keith Lee wins. Uh, I think... And I don't think he'll win the title on the 18th, but I think that it would help to see Keith Lee in a match with Adam Cole for people to to really just go over the next hump and make him again, we use that word undeniable, make him undeniably a main eventer in the title picture. I think if Keith Lee has a match with Adam Cole and he gets screwed or it's highly, highly competitive, and he loses, but only by an inch. You know, there's there's many ways you could tell that story and save Keith Lee. And at that point, now you're looking, because, you know, if you said the next takeover is Adam Cole versus Tommaso Ciampa, incredible. If you said it's Adam Cole versus Finn Balor, incredible. I think that with a match, a title match, one title match between Keith Lee and Adam Cole, you could put Keith Lee on that same level. And that's what I think they should do in NXT for the show uh, on the 18th. Uh, speaking of talent, uh, interesting announcement, uh, and even more interesting the way it's been announced. It was announced on Backstage that John Morrison is officially 
returning to WWE. He's re-signed with WWE. And there were a lot of people that don't like that backstage is being used to make announcements like this. You know, it was the same thing with CM Punk. When CM Punk came back to backstage, people said, well, this kills, you know, whatever hype there was for a CM Punk return because when Cult of Personality plays in an arena, it's not going to be nearly as exciting anymore. I think that's malarkey, to borrow a quote from Mean Joe Biden. I think that that's total BS. I think that if Cult of Personality played in any arena in the world right now and CM Punk walked out, people would lose their minds. But... There's the other thing. If he kind of sucks on backstage, and he hasn't, and I have no reason to think that he will, but let's say for argument's sake that he's kind of lame on backstage, that would spoil his return, potentially. But you'd have to be really lame to spoil a CM Punk return. You know, I think if it's at... He's already, like, if you look at betting odds for the Royal Rumble, and I don't think he'll return at the Royal Rumble, but if you look at betting odds for the Royal Rumble, I think he's the number two favorite right now to win the whole thing. And he's not even technically signed to WWE. Um, but John Morrison is getting the same uh, treatment from a lot of people that they they wish that it would have been a scenario where John's Morrison, John Morrison's theme music just plays and he shocks the world with a return. Um, I kind of disagree with that too. I don't mind. We know anyway. Like, we all have the internet. It's very rare that somebody re-signs and those rumors aren't out there. You know, every, every time it would be, well, John Morrison has canceled his dates with Impact Wrestling and with this independent promotion, and he's taken his stuff off pro wrestling tees, and there's all these little things that happen every single time where it's, like, really not a surprise. Like, it's pretty rare that when somebody, for instance, debuts at a takeover, whether it's, you know, in the crowd or whether even Adam Cole doing that run-in at the Barclays Center a few years back when he debuted in NXT, he was heavily rumored to be going to NXT. It's extreme. When AJ Styles debuted on the main roster, exactly how you wanted him to debut. It was a huge moment, but it was heavily rumored. Almost, like 90% confirmed that he was going to WWE, right? So, uh, you know, I I don't think that this takes away that much. I think that if, even though we know he's signed, if there is still a surprise, unannounced appearance from John Morrison on a WWE show, I think you'll get a similar, if not identical, reaction to if it wasn't announced on backstage. Um, you know, there have been no discussions as to which brand he's going to be on. There have been no discussions as to what exactly he's going to be doing, or you know, I mean, I mean, public discussions. I'm sure there have been private discussions. You know, you don't just sign a guy and then go, "Ah, oh, we'll figure it out in a couple of weeks." Ah, oh, we'll wait till after the holidays. What I do think is odd is that apparently I saw on Twitter they're putting him on the bump, which is the uh, Wednesday morning show on the WWE Network, which feels oddly competitive. There's a weird competition I feel like going on between uh, the bump backstage. And the Corey Graves Show podcast after the bell. I feel like the Corey Graves Show, the bump, and backstage are all looking to report the scoops before the dirt sheets get them. They're all looking to be that, like, unfiltered opinion from WWE people. And they're all good. And they're all super talented people on them. But it's almost like they're all trying to... And I get... Look. I guess there are people making money out there uh, scooping everybody. WWE might as well get that money for themselves. Go ahead, get that bag. Get that bag. Go for it. But I do wonder if Corey Graves is sitting there like uh, trying to scoop Caleb Braxton. Or, you know, if the producers at Fox are trying to see what the bump gets. You know, oh, I just found out that on Wednesday the bump is going to have an interview with John Morrison in studio. We got to get him in here on Tuesday. And it's like, I don't know. I I mean, I kind of like the idea of, of, you know, there being competition within the WWE. Like, it's all going towards the same goal. But I don't know. Maybe Corey Graves is sitting there trying to be like, okay, Morrison, don't give all the scoops on the Caleb Braxton bump show. Wait until the Corey Graves after the bell show. Give the scoops there. Look, at the end of the day, we all know all the scoops are going to come from one man, the last professional broadcaster, hack wrestling journalist, Scoops Roberts, right here on Not Sam Wrestling, Thursday, Not Sam Thursday. But 
there's still a competition out there for scoops. So it is weird to me that uh, John Morrison is going to be in studio sitting in on the bump um, because now you're talking about not just reporting he's coming back, but a full sit-down interview, which will be good. You know, I think Caleb Braxton's a really good interviewer, so I like the idea of finding out what he's been up to, finding out why he decided to return to WWE, but I don't remember a time that there's been this much exposure on a talent that was signed before they actually debuted. There's sometimes, like, you see photos of them in, you know, Vince McMahon's office. You see uh, reports that they're going to be, you know, debuting or reports that they've signed or whatever it is. But it's rare that somebody's like, yep, I'm coming back to WWE and I'm going to announce it on this show and I'm going to do an interview on that show. And then at some point we'll figure out where I'm going. Uh, I mean, I'll be tuned in because I'm curious about what's going on with John Morrison. A couple of things I hope for John Morrison. Number one, I would like to see him on SmackDown. I think I'd like to see him on SmackDown. You know, I think that there's a lot of pressure on Raw for somebody to step up and be that main good guy. I don't want to see him on NXT because I feel like he's too established. You know, uh, you know, I, I think that John Morrison is established enough that in order to maintain his sort of cachet, he would have to go straight to the main event scene in NXT. And the main event scene is getting very crowded, and I wouldn't want to see Ciampa or Finn Balor or Keith Lee or Johnny Gargano or even Matt Riddle step back for John Morrison, but I think they would have to. Um, so that's why I hope he doesn't go to NXT. On Raw... With Seth Rollins going through this heel turn, um, there is sort of this figured-out process in f- finding out who's going to be the top good guy on Raw. Because now you've got AJ Styles and Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar all as bad guys. Kevin Owens is probably the top good guy on Raw right now. Rey Mysterio is up there. They put the U.S. title on him. Um you know, I, I guess they I guess Randy Orton has turned and he's a good guy. I think that they I think that they gotta turn Drew McIntyre and make him a good guy and have Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre be the good guy faces of those shows. I think it would be the best possibility. I mean, how great would it be if they could tell a story that leads to a Drew McIntyre Brock Lesnar match at WrestleMania? You talk about doing right by by Drew McIntyre. I think that I that would be my pick for Raw. Um but that's why I hope he goes to SmackDown, because on SmackDown, like, you're not going to be bigger than Roman Reigns. You know, you're not going to be bigger than Daniel. You don't have to be bigger than Roman Reigns. You don't have to be bigger than Daniel Bryan. You don't have to be bigger than The Fiend. Like, there are, you can you can fit nicely in the lower upper card, upper mid card range and kind of rebuild that following to the point where when you do end up in the main event, it's because the fans of 2019 and 2020 want to see you there, not because, okay, it's a guy returning and he's got credibility, so we're going to put him right to the main event. And that's a tough place to sink or swim from, to go right to the top, because where do you go from there? You know, I want to see John Morrison in a position where he's got a place to go, you know, that... that he starts with you know with his credibility intact but he has room to grow and i think that smackdown is that place where he would have room to grow also i really enjoy smackdown i think it's a very good show and i think that they would use john morrison well you know i think nxt is still my favorite show but smackdown is becoming a close second and maybe it's just because it's friday and i'm in a good mood and i'm not exhausted from waking up early but I, I really have been enjoying SmackDown. A couple of things I don't like, you know. I don't need people running around in dog outfits. You know, I don't need the yip, yip, yip sounds over Roman Reigns' song. But there have been a lot of good things. You know, everything with The Fiend has been good. Everything with Daniel Bryan has been good. The stuff last week with Roman Reigns was good. I'm actually, the stuff, I liked the stuff last week with Roman Reigns so much. And I know, I'm a show. Like, honestly, I tweeted out yesterday, uh, NXT is great. And I got people saying, like, oh, you sold out, man. I'm like, yeah, because you're right. Because anybody that says NXT is really good clearly is in the pocket. Like, it's undeniable how good NXT is. And to me, that Roman Reigns segment last week was what I want to see out of Roman Reigns every week. 
Uh, it's actually making me look forward to the match with Dolph Ziggler. You know, the fact that he's so angry that Bobby Roode tried to cave his skull in, literally commit manslaughter, attempted manslaughter, that he had to tip that whole heavy table over on him. You know, I'm, it's making me excited to see what he's going to do to Dolph Ziggler this week. Um, I also think that they should sign John Morrison's wife, Taya Valkyrie. I, I think she's great. I think she's got... And I'm, I, her look is incredible. It's unlike anything that WWE has right now. Uh, I, I think she's very, very skilled as a performer. You know, I, I, And I don't even think she needs to come in as John Morrison's second or as John Morrison's wife. But while we're talking to the Morrison family, why not? You know what I mean? I, I think that, that his wife could be a huge asset to WWE. And I think that, you know... I would add her probably to the NXT women's division. I think it could be really interesting to see matches between her and Shayna Baszler, her and Rhea Ripley, her and, and you know, maybe when Tegan Knox finally returns. See what she does with Mia Yim. You know, see what she does with Dakota Kai. I think she'd be really good in NXT, but I think that she'd be good on Raw or SmackDown as well. Hey, y'all, you know, sometimes when your brain is so preoccupied with wrestling, you forget to satisfy the ones that you love most. I'm talking about your partner or partners out there. I'm talking about physically. I'm talking about arousal. I'm talking about getting your brain off wrestling for two seconds so you can, to put it in a colloquial way, get it up, okay? Sometimes we can't, whether that's because of medical erectile dysfunction, whether that's because of uh, of confidence issues, whether it's a combination of both, you know, when you can't achieve the peak of your physical capabilities to satisfy that person that is sharing a bed with you, it can make you feel like a mouse instead of a man. There is no reason to feel like a mouse anymore. And I know you say this, well, Sam, I don't want to feel like a mouse anymore. I want to achieve the most that I can achieve physically in my nether regions. But the last thing that I want to do is go to a doctor and tell him that. I'll tell you that, Sam, but I don't want to tell a doctor. I'm embarrassed. And then I don't want to go to a pharmacy and wait online and have a bunch of old people here. Hey, we got those blue pills for Joe. They know what the blue pills are. I don't want them to know. It's relax, relax. I got you. And you go like this. Okay, I, you, yeah, you got me, but it's probably really expensive, right? No, I got you and I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to take care of the cost too. Wait till you hear this. I'm talking about Blue Chew. All of your problems in that area will probably go away because of Blue Chew. Blue Chew has the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. It'll get you rock hard, and it'll get you there quicker because it's a chewable. It'll also get you there cheaper because it's made in the good old US of A. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. It ships right to your door in a discreet package. And did I mention those active ingredients found in Viagra and Cialis are FDA approved? That's right. Get your confidence back, get your boner back, and say goodbye to awkwardness. And right now, just because you're listening to Thursday, not Sam Thursday, you got it on the house. Visit, I'm not kidding. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use our promo code ROBERTS, R-O-B-E-R-T-S. All you do is pay $5 shipping. That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code ROBERTS. To try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. So get it now. Satisfy the person you love. And then get back to watching wrestling. Before we move on completely from backstage to Seth Rollins. And we'll talk about Raw a little bit. Seth Rollins was on backstage this week. And, you know, it was good. And, you know, I guess the, the ratings maintained from last week for the most part. But, again, I don't, you know, I, I we talk about ratings because I guess people talk about it. But... I don't know anything about ratings, so there's no reason to listen to me talk about ratings. That's why I don't really analyze it very much. Uh, I don't pay any attention to it. I don't even know it in radio. Sirius doesn't have ratings, so I don't really think about it. But I just think about what the quality of the show is. And with Backstage, uh, I liked having Seth Rollins on, uh, and I liked that they talked about the fact that he was getting booed. 
I wish they'd gone a step further. I wish, number one, Rollins had a, just a little bit more attitude as this sort of new incarnation of Seth Rollins develops. And I wish, and I won't say who it could have been, <coughs> Scoops, <coughs> Scoops Roberts, <coughs> I wish there had been somebody there to uh, kind of hold Seth's feet to the coals. Kind of, uh, you know, take, take the guy who wants to burn it down and put his feet to the fire. Uh, you know, I, when Seth was like, I don't know why the, you know, everybody's got this attitude. I'm the same guy. Like I was like aching as I was watching that to say, well, you come across as inauthentic on television. That's why they're booing you because you come across as inauthentic on television. And I think people would love to have to watch that interaction on backstage. I think that's the, or anything do it on raw. If Seth is going to sit there and say, I don't know what everybody's problem is. Have somebody there to say, here's what everybody's problem is. You know what I mean? I would have loved to have seen that because I think it puts Seth Rollins into this position where he can defend himself a lot better. You know what I mean? And maybe do something that that turns people around on him. Um, as far as Raw goes, I, I, I really am enjoying what's going on with Seth Rollins. You know, the nice, slow, potential turn and just dealing with reality. Dealing with the reality of the situation that's in front of us. I really am enjoying it a lot. Um, I also, I like that they're taking this new crop of guys and bringing back enhancement talent. So WWE tried something years ago. And they still get criticized for this as if they were trying to create main eventers. But in like 1995, and if you go way back, years back on this podcast, and you can, every episode, there's, you know, if you count all the Thursday, Nazi and Thursday shows, it's like 300 podcasts. You can go back and listen to all of them. But years ago, I had Alex the Pug Porto on this podcast. And maybe you remember Alex the Pug Porto, and maybe you don't. You can Google him. 95, uh, WWE announced uh, this whole new talent initiative. It was uh, Alex the Pug Porto. It was Salvatore Sincere. It was T.L. Hopper. And of course, uh, you know, Alex the Pug Porto was Alex Porto. It was uh, T.L. Hopper played by a dirty white boy, Tony Anthony, I think. Um, this is all from memory, by the way. Freddie Joe Floyd played by Tracy Smothers, of course. Um, who else? That was when Who came out, played by Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Um, uh, I, I think I said one more in there. But they announced this. Oh, Salvatore Sincere, of course, played by Tom Brandy. They had this crop of talent debut. And what they did was they took their old model, and it was basically on WWE Superstars, uh, the syndicated show. That show was primarily squash matches with enhancement talent. And what they did was they decided they wanted to give the enhancement talent personalities so that maybe the matches just had a little bit more of a stake to it. So when, you know, when Razor Ramon came out, and beat Freddie Joe Floyd, it was a little better than Razor Ramon coming out and beating, you know, the anonymous black tights man. And that makes sense to me. You know, I don't think it was executed so well because the characters were all so ridiculous that they were a little bit too memorable and they didn't really get any offense in. They still worked like, like enhancement talent, basically. So they're really, I mean, looked at as part of the kind of Isaac Yankum repo man silliness era of WWE. I think that they're doing a version of that now with some of the talent on Raw. Specifically, uh, this week, Eric Young, Akira Tozawa, Tony Nese. Last week, it was also Matt Hardy. Where you're bringing these people in who maybe don't have a ton of story going on right now, and maybe WWE just doesn't see, at the moment somebody who they're going to put in the main event of a pay-per-view, but have a name, have a look, have done stuff in WWE before, and can put on really great matches. I mean, Eric Young and Andrade had a great match this week on Raw. But at the end of the day, it's enhancement talent. At the end of the day, Tazawa, Tony Nese, and Eric Young were all used as enhancement talent. Same thing Matt Hardy was used for last week. Uh, I like this version. You know, I think enhancement talent matches are really good. I think that it helps, uh, you know, demonstrate 
talent. You know, I, I, I think that Alistair Black can only do so much asking people to knock on his door week in and week out. I think he's got to have matches on TV, but maybe you want to save something for a pay-per-view. Maybe you want to save some matches to be big matches. So how do we get him wrestling on TV and get people excited? Enhancement talent matches. However, it's 2019, and people know enhancement talent matches are almost tongue-in-cheek now. We give them to the war, uh, the Viking Raiders, I'm sorry, the Viking Raiders, because we want them to be monsters. We give them to Braun Strowman. We want him to be a monster. You know what I mean? So what do we do for these other guys who we want to look dominant, but we don't want them to look like Braun Strowman or the Viking Raiders? Well, we take these established guys who we're not doing anything with anyway, and we turn them into very skilled enhancement talent. I think it's a good role for them. It's what Kurt Hawkins was doing for a while. I think it's a good role for them if they're not doing anything otherwise. I mean, maybe not with Matt Hardy, right? I think that Matt Hardy would argue that he's still got a lot more to offer, and you could probably win that argument fairly easily. But with some of the other guys, I mean, Eric Young, who hasn't been on TV, you know, he did a main event match. I think it was like he had like two matches all year. I think it's better that he have great matches and lose on Raw than just sit around not doing anything. Same thing for the Cruiserweights. Same thing for Tazawa. Same thing for Tony Nese. I saw there people on Twitter that were like, why is Jerry Lawler burying Tazawa? He's a bad guy. <laughs> like, get over it. He's burying the talent. All right, put your wrestling vocabulary book down and just watch the show. Relax. But that I did like. That's what I liked on Raw. Seth, the, turn, the, the progression of the Seth heel turn and the new, the new feel for enhancement talent. I like that. That's the way I look at it anyway. Maybe it's, maybe it's insulting or, or it's just not accurate. But that's how I see these guys, and I think it's a positive. I think it's a good thing. Um, what I didn't like was the Rusev-Lana thing. It was terrible. Terrible. You know, I mean... Rusev is actually starting to look good because he's so nuts and he just beats people up and you want to see Rusev kind of crazy and kicking the crap out of people. Like, I'm fine with that. But it didn't make any sense whatsoever. And that's been, I mean, you you heard my rant about it weeks ago. That's the issue with the Lana, Rusev, Bobby Lashley storyline. It doesn't make sense. You know, I don't even know what Rusev is mad at. I like seeing him mad. I guess he's mad because they're insulting him. But they have, they've divorced. It's over. She gets a restraining order. Lana gets a restraining order. Rusev gets into the building anyway. It's the third time he broke the restraining order, including StarCast, which, by the way, I said uh, on the Monday podcast, hopefully they don't actually have the Bobby Lashley-Rusev match, and they didn't at StarCast. I think, you know, at the end of the day, that's a good thing because the match should be on pay-per-view if they're going to devote this kind of time to it. Um... But he he keeps breaking this uh, restraining order that she's getting. I mean, taking. I think I, Lana's got to get to the building very early in the day. She's, I'm sure she's got to be at the building by one or two o'clock in the afternoon. She's got to wake up early. I'm sure she goes to the gym. She's in great shape. Then she's got to go down to the court. She's got to file a restraining order. Then she's got to. I mean, imagine. You know how annoying it is to do anything having to do with the government, whether it's going to the DMV or the post office or jury duty or or filing anything with the court. Imagine going to the trouble of getting restraining orders filed every single show, multiple times a week. I was going to say once a week, but she got one for StarCast too. So she got one on Sunday and on Monday. They're different restraining orders every time. That's a lot of work. To then get to Tennessee... And find out that apparently the police officers in Tennessee, if we believe what we've seen on television, the police officers in Tennessee do not arrest people for breaking restraining orders, even if they're specifically asked to please follow me to this show. Because this person that I have a restraining order against keeps disrupting me and not following the restraining order. I told you this is going to happen. When that does happen... Not only do they not follow the restraining order, but they arrest the person who the restraining order was filed on behalf of because they're a WWE fan and he's a bad guy. So now he's going to jail because they do things a little differently in Nashville, Tennessee. What what are you talking about? I mean, 
why skip details? Why why not sit there and go like, well, we if this is what you want to happen, that's fine. But why not make like Rusev come out and then Bobby Lashley shoves one of the cops and goes, arrest him. And the cop goes, did you just shove me? And Bobby goes, oh, no, 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 no. And then they arrest Bobby because he shoved him. Why, why not? And make it so that it happens before they get a chance to arrest Rusev. I mean, they were literally just standing there watching him. They weren't doing anything. They weren't even trying to walk to the ring. It's like, why are you guys out there? Like, I think as soon as Rusev came out, Bobby should have rolled out of the ring. Rusev starts to go after him. Bobby pushes the cop and goes, arrest him. And before the cop even has a chance to arrest Rusev, now he's arresting Bobby Lashley for assault. The other cop, okay, maybe I'll go take care of Rusev. That's when Lana comes out, smacks him. Now he's got to cuff Lana. Now the two cops have to walk Rusev and Lana to the back, and nobody's there. I mean, Bobby Lashley and Lana to the back, and nobody's there to arrest Rusev. You've now got the same result. But the result makes sense. Why? Like, I just thought of that just now. Five seconds. You know what I mean? Drives me nuts. It's like a pirate with a steering wheel in his pants. Drives me nuts. You can use that joke on your uncle later. Um, I also uh, think that uh, Kevin Owens' face turn is super interesting. What I like about the Kevin Owens character is that it, like, you can't trust him still, but you can cheer for him. So when somebody like Seth Rollins goes like, well, you know, you don't have a great record as far as being trustworthy and blah, blah, blah. Like, that's true. And you can go, yeah, he's right. Do I really trust Kevin Owens? I don't know. Do I like Kevin Owens? Yeah. And... You know, the fact that Kevin Owens... Kevin Owens uses his real life very well in these storylines. The fact that, like, he's so public about how much he loves his family. You go on his Twitter account, he's talking about his wife and kids all the time. It works when he's a bad guy. Like, when he was a bad guy in NXT, and the reason he was a bad guy was because he wasn't worried about making friends. He just wanted to make money for his family. Then, all of a sudden, all his tweets about his family still make sense with the character he's playing. That also translates to if he's a good guy because he just comes across like a good guy on Twitter. So I, I, I love, and I don't know if it's Kevin Owens or the people around him, but, but I would give a lot of credit to Kevin Owens, I would think. I love that he's able to turn his reality and the public image that he puts out there as a person, as Kevin Steen, the pe person that you know we think that we know based on what we see on the internet. Or based on Edge's song. You think you know me. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Based on that guy. Um, I, I, I think that uh, 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 he adds that in to add logic to his story. Which I think is really good. I think logic is always good. When you can make sense of what's going on, it's amazing. Now... We're still uh, in the dark a little bit about what's going to happen at TLC. I think we will probably start to have that picture painted for us on SmackDown tomorrow night. Uh, it, does, it would appear that we're getting a Fiend-Daniel Bryan match. I guess Becky Lynch and Charlotte are going to end up in a women's tag title match with the Kabuki Warriors. Um, I would imagine you're going to have your... Uh, Bobby Lashley Rusev match. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe John Morrison will go on the bump and challenge Rey Mysterio or something like that, and he will end up on Raw. Who knows? It could happen. Um, but a lot of things could happen. I think that I think that we'll get, start to get some confirmation because it's a week from Sunday. You know, month, they got one episode of Raw left to really determine what the matches are going to be, which I think, you know, in this case, I think it's okay because... We just came off of a big pay-per-view. We got to squeeze in another pay-per-view before the holidays and then start ramping up towards the next giant pay-per-view, which is Royal Rumble. So this is kind of a strangely placed pay-per-view. Uh, but, I, you know, there's no really other weekend you could do it without interrupting holiday stuff. Uh, and I, I, I think that there are enough stories going on on Raw and SmackDown that you can kind of get, you know... So Roman versus Baron, 
Rusev versus Lashley, Charlotte and Becky versus uh, the Kabuki Warriors. You know, I I think you could do maybe Bailey versus Lacey Evans, maybe. Uh, uh, Daniel Bryan versus Fiend. Uh, you know, there are, there are a bunch of matches, and I think that those will start to kind of cement themselves tomorrow on SmackDown and then Monday on Raw. I think is where you're really gonna you're really gonna see that stuff happen. And then, of course, next Friday is gonna be the last SmackDown before the pay per view, so that's where they're really gonna have to drive home. Hey, here we go. And then after the pay per view is that last week before the holidays. You know, the pay per view I think is the fifteenth. Raw is the sixteenth. Or maybe it's not. Yeah, 16th, and then that big NXT is on the 18th. SmackDown being on the 20th, and then we go into the holiday week. So I think we're going to have a couple very exciting weeks of professional wrestling television coming up as we move forward, and we'll have all the content to bring you through everything that you see. Uh, Let's get to a couple uh, emails and stuff uh, that we got. Um... PD on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash notsamwrestling, you can get uh, all the episodes that we do early. You can get them ad-free. You can join our Discord room. And all that's for the introductory level. Four bucks a month, less than a dollar a week. Um, You get all that stuff. You can also watch these shows, you know, the Thursday Not Sam Thursday show and the State of Wrestling show. You can watch them live uh, uh, on one of the tiers. You can get a Not Sam chalk line jacket. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Patreon.com slash NotSamWrestling if you want to become a NotSam shill. And this is from PD. Uh, Greetings, NotSam. Last professional scooper and all-round dude. I am an all-round dude. AEW is on my mind, and I'd like your opinion. I'm having trouble investing in caring. The in-ring work is brilliant, and some promo work is phenomenal, Cody and Jericho. But I'm a story guy, and there seems to be a lack of it. I'm interested in Cody and Jericho is next level, but now only people who I'm interested in are Mox, Darby Allen, Pac, and Omega. Uh, I'm more the ex-WWE guys simply because I know who they are. Da-da-da-da-da. The Young Bucks continue to be stunt artists. Woo! Shots fired. And the lack of promo from Lucha Bros and pretty much everyone else is starting to show. Luchasaurus is going to break out. He was very popular this week. Uh, Orange Cassidy's uber cool thing works, but he's yet to do more than a couple moves. Is this a problem with AEW or am I missing something? 11 weeks in, I should be able to know the product better than this. The indie marks are popping. Uh, da-da-da-da-da. Keep up the brilliant work, uh, Squire and everyone else. Go shill from PD. Uh, I think that's a good email. Um, you know, I, I think that AEW... You can make similar criticisms. Out. Look, I don't talk about AEW as much because I spend all my time watching WWE and I have a built-in tremendous WWE bias. So, you know, if I say anything positive about AEW, then everybody goes like, oh, do you hear what Sam from WWE said about AEW? And they try to make a stupid headline of it on wrestling sites. And if I say anything negative about AEW, they say like, oh, Vince is paying for Sam. So, so you know, you know, there's no way that I could possibly win uh, with that. Uh, however, I mean, I think that there are some good points there. I think some of those guys are are, are more over than you're giving them credit for, you know, Orange Cassidy specifically. But... Uh, I do think that, you know, story is king. And I think that you can't just have story with your main guys that know how to cut promos well. I think you have to have story all around. And if people can't cut promos, and this goes for everybody, you know, NXT, Raw, SmackDown. If people, you know, if you don't trust somebody to cut a promo, if you just don't think they're that good of a promo, then you got to figure out new ways to tell stories, whether you're making vignettes, whether you're doing it through announcers, whether you're doing it any way else. I just, I think that wrestling, good matches are important. But at the end of the day, it's it's always going to be about the stories. And the stories are what's going to get somebody, you know. If you tell somebody, oh, there was this great match on NXT last night, you got to see it, you're going to get wrestling fans to tune in. Tune in. If you tell somebody, oh, you got to see Keith Lee throw this guy across a room, that's more of a story thing. That's not a wrestling thing. Everybody wants to see Keith Lee throw Adam Cole across a room. Everybody wants to see what Keith Lee is doing, not just in the ring, but leading up to it. Does that make sense? I think so, but I'm the one that said it. Uh, let's go to an email that I got over here at notsamwrestling at gmail.com. Send all your questions, comments, concerns to notsamwrestling at gmail.com. What are your thoughts on people that say the only reason NXT beat AEW is because of the main roster superstars being on the show? 
when AEW's top stars are ex-WWE or New Japan wrestlers. Thank you for the great content. That is from Kenny Omega. Wow. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, I don't. I, I think it's stupid that uh, I think the people who said that the NXT won a ratings war because they only had main roster stars on it are wrong because none of the main roster stars were advertised before the show. Triple H said there would be some people that surprised you there, but they were all surprise stars. So, you know, the fact that NXT did well is because NXT is a good show and people trusted that it was going to be a good show. Same reason why it did well after Survivor Series. Same reason why it did pretty well uh, this week. Because NXT is a really good show and people are becoming very, very aware of it. All right, guys, don't forget to subscribe to the new YouTube channel, youtube.com slash NotSamWrestling. It's where all the wrestling content is going to go, um, and it would be a huge help if you would subscribe to that channel. I'm taking a big risk by taking my wrestling videos. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm taking a huge risk. The NotSam YouTube channel has 100, almost 150,000 subscribers. I'm taking the wrestling content off that channel and starting from scratch, hoping that the wrestling fans will just come back on board and we can build something exclusively for the Not Sam wrestling community. I want it to pay off. I want you guys to help me allow it to pay off and help it become a place where we can make even more content. And then all you have to do to do that is subscribe to youtube.com slash Not Sam Wrestling and watch the videos that get posted. It's all great content and it's all free for you. So do that for me. We will see you on Monday for the next episode of Not Sam Wrestling. See y'all later. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Follow at Not Sam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. reported three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.